Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Brother Tommy and this leadership team. Haven't we had a wonderful time in worship today? Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord the honor and the glory and the blessings. All right. This morning, if you could give testimony of how God has provided for you, there did not, when there did not seem to be a way that you were going to make it through, and suddenly, overwhelmingly, in your life, you felt desperation. You felt lostness. You let, felt that you had an inability to meet the need that was in your life. Maybe it was unexpe an unexpected diagnosis from the medical doctor, the unexpected death of a loved one that you held so dearly, the unthinkable separation or perhaps a divorce in a marriage. We all, all have our story that we could tell this morning of difficult times in our lives when the unexpected invaded our plans and we didn't know what we were going to do. A study of the Old Testament has helped us see God's plan for redemption from the very beginning of creation. As we walk through some of the uh, books of the Old Testament already and will continue on in others in the days to come, we have discovered a shadow of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ given to us time and time again. He is revealed from the very beginning in his wonderful plan of redemption through the coming death, burial, and resurrection of his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of those revelations are at points of no hope, at points of desperation in the lives of the individuals that are included in the narrative as it is given. Yet God's message never changes. He has a plan. He has a plan for every life. He has a plan for you this morning. He has a plan as we see over and over again in the Old Testament. It is amazing to see how time after time God has opened the door when there was no way of a need being met. It begins in the Garden of Eden, if you remember, when Adam followed Eve's mistake and partook of that forbidden fruit, and sentence was to be pronounced of death entering the human race, both physical death and spiritual death. Adam and Eve tried to provide for themselves and cover their sin and their nakedness by making of them for themselves aprons to wear out of leaves. But when God came walking in the garden seeking their time of fellowship with him, they were hiding from God for they realized they were still in their sin and they could not hide that from him. And God there painted a picture with Adam and Eve by the taking of the life of the innocent animal shedding its blood and covering them with a clothing made from the animal's skin. 
God thereby introducing his plan of redemption of the shedding of the blood of the innocent for the entire human race, the innocent one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in the days of Noah, we studied God was about to destroy this creation with a flood, but Noah and his family were delivered through God's provision. God provided a way. God opened a door. Years later, you remember, Abraham had been promised a great nation of descendants, but he and Sarah were well beyond childbearing age, and it seemed to be hopeless and when it looked as though there was no way, God opened the door of opportunity for Isaac to be conceived and gave Abraham his son of promise. God opened the door. Time and time again, we read through the scriptures where God is the God who opens doors. And when he opens the doors, it is to reveal himself his plan, his love, his grace, and his forgiveness. When Isaac was still a young lad, God told Abraham to take his son of promise and to go to the mountain that he would show him and to climb that mountain with his son and take up the wood for the altar and the fire and the knife to take the life of the one to be sacrificed and there God told him to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, the son of promise, the son of hope, the son of his future, and to sacrifice him there on the altar that they had constructed. But when he was about to follow through with that, God gave him a resurrection. God opened a door for him. The door was open, and a ram was provided, and Isaac came down that mountain with his dad. You know they were rejoicing, for God had opened the door. Years later, these very descendants that would come to Abraham found themselves in bondage in a place called Egypt. Without going once again through the whole story, as we've already done, remember that God sent Moses to lead them to safety and to the promised land as they would be delivered from bondage. After the institution of the Passover, if you'll remember, they started on their journey to freedom, but found themselves trapped between Pharaoh's ascending or descending upon them, I should say, army, with all of their chariots and the Red Sea. How did they escape? But God opened the door. God caused the waters to part. And Moses and the people of Israel all went through the Red Sea on dry land. And here comes Pharaoh's army be behind them and going to pursue them. And they got in the middle of the Red Sea and God released the waters and he drowned Pharaoh's army. I remember the story of the little boy telling that to an older man. An older man's son, don't you know that that's not really what happened there? It's called the Sea of Reeds. It's just a, a shallow body of water. And they were able to cross through there and wade through that. That's how they escaped. And the little boy just went to shouting and carrying on and hollering and clapping and said, Woo-wee, God's powerful. He says, I just told you it was not a deep sea that they went through. He says, a greater miracle you just provided for me. 
God drowned Pharaoh's army and his horses in six inches of water. God opened the door. God opened the door for them to go through. So on and on it goes. All through the Old Testament, time and time again, shadows of the coming one, the Lord Jesus Christ, are presented to us. As you remember in our previous study, we talked how a, a shadow, when the sun first comes up, there's a long shadow, and it's not very distinctive, and you really cannot see the form of that that is casting the shadow. But the higher the sun rises up, the later in the day it gets, the shadow shortens until finally you can see the, the shadow and know what is casting that shadow, the form of the building or the person or the tree, until finally the sun is directly overhead and there is no shadow. And so we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, he is shadowed all the way through the Old Testament. And the further you go and the more you read and the more illustrations that are given and the more examples and the more God divulges his plan of redemption, the shadow shortens and it becomes more and more recognizable until finally Jesus arrives and the one who is the light of the world, the one who is the Son of God, came to this earth and there was no shadow but the existence, the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ was here time and time again until the one portrayed actually arrives into the world that he created through the great miracle he, arose, he arrived, the great miracle of the Immaculate Conception of the Virgin Mary. Chosen to be the earthly mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in fulfillment of the promise made to Eve in the Garden of Eden in the very beginning of time that of her seed would come the one, the Son of God. We discover once again that God has a God of open doors. You can give a, accounts in your own life where God opened the door when you had no idea that you were going to make it through the circumstances of your life. And you look back on it and you see his obvious grace and love and provisions for you in your life. But we discover once again, as God is a God of open doors, as a matter of fact, Jesus declares himself to be that door when he says, I am the door in John 10, 9. But I want us to visit another open door. It's found in Luke chapter 24, if you want to turn there. I'll be reading a couple of verses. The mourners who were unaware of the resurrection came to the tomb where Jesus had been placed. Look there in verse 1, it says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher. Now, who are they? Who are they? They came into the sepulcher. Who are these people identified as they? Well, if you look back in the pre preceding chapter and verse 20, 55, I started to say 25, but in verse 55, two verses before this verse 1, the Bible says, and the women also which came with him from Galilee 
followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now, who is this day? It's the women that, that had been following Jesus. These women, these blessed women, these wonderful, these faithful women, godly women. We know the names of some of them. We are told Mary Magdalene was one of them. We are told that Joanna was one of them, Salome was one of them, Susanna, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph. We know the names of some of these women when Jesus was being crucified and all of his disciples, save John, had forsaken him and were hiding away, scared for their own lives. We come to the cross, and who do we find standing there? These women, faithful even to his death. Godly women. When they took the body of Jesus off the cross and carried it to the tomb, we're told in that previous chapter that these women followed them and saw him placed in the tomb, and they go and prepare spices and, and observe the Sabbath before they were to come back on that first Easter morning, that Sunday morning, and they came to anoint his body with all of these spices and perfumes. When they returned that Sunday morning, they found the stone had been rolled away. Now, who was it that rolled the stone away? Been all kinds of things said. Some folks said, well, it just, there was an earthquake and it rolled the stone away. Well, the scripture is abundantly clear that an angel rolled the stone away. And so the angel had rolled the stone away. It wasn't the women because they were already, it was already rolled away when they got there, and it was a huge thing. They couldn't have moved in anyway. It wasn't the Roman soldiers who were guarding the tomb, for they would have been put to death because they had been put in charge of making sure that grave was secure and that nobody would break in, no one would take that body and claim that he was alive. For them to be have rolled the stone away would have been certain death for every one of them. Who rolled the stone away? Well, the Bible tells us, as I said, an angel of God. There was an earthquake that accompanied it, but it was not an earthquake that rolled the stone away, but rather it was an angel of God who rolled the stone away. Now, why did he do it? Did he roll the stone away so that Jesus could come out? I don't think so. If you read in other parts of the New Testament, you find that after that, that Jesus found the disciples gathered together in an upper room, and the door was locked, and he just came through the locked door. <laughs> he just came into the room. He didn't need somebody to open the door for him. He didn't need somebody to roll the stone away from him for him. He came out of that tomb. He was gone from that tomb. The stone was rolled away so that the women might know the tomb was empty. You see, God opened the door, the door of the tomb, so that we might know that he is not there, but he is risen. The open door of the tomb is a message to each of us 
that God has opened the door of salvation to every person who will trust in the finished work of Jesus, and every person is offered that opportunity to be forgiven of sin and receive everlasting life and a home in heaven, and whosoever will believe on him will not perish but have everlasting life. It is a message to each of us. Matter of fact, that's why we're assembled here this morning. He is alive. He is alive. I'm telling you, that's why you're here today. You didn't come to wear something new to a place where everybody would see you. You came because you are celebrating the living Jesus who was buried in a tomb that God had an angel roll away from the stone to expose that the tomb was empty because Jesus was alive and is alive. I'm telling you, we're here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. You ask me, is he alive? Yes, sir, he's alive. You ask me, is he alive? Yes, ma'am, he's alive. You ask me, if he is alive? Yes, young man, he is alive. You ask me if he's alive? Yes, little girl, he is alive. You ask me, is he alive? I tell you, little boy, he is alive. He lives within my heart. I know he's alive. I've experienced the risen Savior. I know him as my personal Lord. And there could be countless other testimonies in this very room this morning of people to say, he is alive. I know he's alive. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Aren't you thankful for that truth today? You see, because of that, no matter how dark it gets, we can still see the light and know where we're ending up. The old gospel song used to say, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You know why? Because I'm a citizen of another place. I've been born of an, into another family. We're part of the family of God. And there is a home prepared where the saints will abide forever and forever. Why? Because God has provided an open door. Jesus said, I am the door. And no one comes in except through the door of myself. You come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. But he beckons, he invites, he encourages everyone to come to him, to believe, and to be gloriously saved. No matter how dark this world may get, we know we're going to end up at the right place. My feet are here this morning. I want you to know, I, I walked up on this stage. My feet are here, but let me tell you, my heart's someplace else. My heart is in a place that's prepared for God's people. My heart's where those who have come before me have already 
gone to be with the Lord, my heart in another place. And the longer I live, the stronger the pull gets over there because Jesus is alive. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Can't you just say, God, I'm thankful. Can you say it? God, I'm thankful. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Say it again. Jesus is alive. And we celebrate today a risen Savior. He has opened the door of opportunity for all who will trust him to have forgiveness and everlasting life. Can I tell you again? Our God is a God of open doors. A God of open doors. You've seen it time and time again in your life when it looked like there was no way. And you saw it when he invited you to come to him in redemption and be forgiven. God has opened the door. And this morning, that door is wide open. Regardless of who you are, regardless of why you came this morning, regardless of the circumstances of your life, Jesus stands with outstretched arms and says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, just come unto me. I'll give you rest. I'll meet your needs. He says, I will stay with you and you with me. I'll walk with you. I will leave you never, not even to the end of the age. I'll always be there. And he says, and if I go away, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also an open door for whosoever will. Would you? Would you be the whosoever this morning? Would you be the one that's willing to say, Lord, I, out of my bondage, out, out of all of my sin, out of all of my pride, I come humbly to receive your gift of forgiveness. Thank you for opening the door of opportunity for me. And today, I walk through that door of opportunity. Could you say that this morning? Could you come to him this morning and trust in what God has already done for you? And he opens the door afresh come to him. I encourage you to do that. We're going to stand and sing. We're going to sing a hymn, and I'm going to be standing down front. I'm going to put on my mask so you'll feel safe. And you come, and you say to me, Pastor, I want to know Jesus. I want to walk through that door he's opened up. I want to know forgiveness. I want to know everlasting life. Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come. Would you? Let's pray together. Father, in this time of worship, you have been glorified and honored and praised through the wonderful time of praise and worship and music. Thank you for this capable leadership that has helped us uh, just be able to, to, to reflect on the truth of the resurrection and to be able to sing praises unto you. Lord, I've tried to present the truth. I've tried to do it as, as 
openly as I can, as plainly as I can, and as simply as you have put it in your word. Lord, those who need to come, give them the guts to come to Jesus. Help them to walk through that door that you've opened, that they may know you and have forgiveness and inherit everlasting life. You move right now while we sing. In Jesus' name, amen.